A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. Welcome to episode 15 of Confessions of a Marketer. Today we're starting a two-parter. We talk about augmented reality, virtual reality, and associated technologies. Then in the next episode we'll talk about how to design for these technologies and what marketers should know. I'm Mark Reed Edwards, happy to be back here in the saddle at Confessions of a Marketer. A number of fun topics planned for future episodes, including why CMOs should listen to creative, using data effectively in marketing, and the art and science behind asking the right questions. Lots more to come as we flesh out those episodes, and I'll let you know as soon as we know. On to today's subject. It's a big one. We all hear about AR, VR, MR, etc. But what does it all mean? In this, the first of two episodes we'll devote to that subject. We get into the details on these technologies with Professor Brian Lucid, an old friend of mine who is now a professor of interaction design at Massey University in Wellington, New Zealand. Brian is unique because he's a great designer and knows this technology inside and out. I think you'll like the discussion, so let's get right to it. Brian Lucid, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Well, thank you for having me. From halfway around the world, you're in New Zealand, I am. where it's already tomorrow, right? Yes, yes. Living at the edge of the map, as they say. Yeah, and I think that's appropriate because one of the topics we'll discuss is AR, VR, MR, all that stuff. And that always seems to be happening tomorrow, so maybe you'll have some unique insight because you're in tomorrow. <laughs> um, so in, in marketing and, you know, in business, for that matter, AR, VR, MR, they're all massive buzzwords. And it's, it's actually kind of hard to reach buzzword level, right? Can you tell me what they really are, what they mean, and how they're being applied? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've been sort of sorry to see that these words not only as they become adopted, their meaning has almost completely been 
wiped away. And so uh, increasingly, we're seeing a lot of these words being used interchangeably uh, or, you know, very loosely across a wide variety of different um, technologies. And so it's becoming increasingly difficult to really target sort of what these different technologies are and how they may differ from each other. And of course, it's an exciting space to work in. It's a um, it's a space in which things are changing very, very quickly. And I think most exciting for me, it's a space in which we don't really know fully what the end game is. And so it's evolving and changing and will continue to do so, I think, for quite a few years. The way that I like to contextualize all of these sort of technologies generally follows uh, Robert Scoble's transformation of user interfaces. Sure. Okay, so Robert Scoble has talked about the fact that we're now in what he calls the fourth transformation of user interface. So when we think about computing, uh, we began at the command line. And, uh, you know, the magic of the command line was that, you know, knowledge workers could have this, you know, uh, amazing ability to pull data and, and do things with it. But it wasn't until the second transformation of user interface, which was the graphical user interface, that everyday people really started to use computing, right? right? right. So it went from being very, a very specialist uh, tool to something that everybody did and everybody had one on their desks. The third transformation of computing uh, was mobile computing, yeah. where all of a sudden the computer moved off our desk and into our pocket, and we carried it around with us all the time. And of course, we're connected 24-7 to the internet, and we're pulling data, and we're using Google Maps, and all of these wonderful things. But from a user interface standpoint, uh, which of course is you know one of the things that I'm primarily interested in, we have some fundamental changes. We've moved from a mouse and a keyboard interface to something that's gestural, mm -hmm. uh, something that you speak to, for example, like with Siri. And so that's a fundamental change. And the fourth transformation of user interface is this next step. And the way Robert Scoble describes that is a transition from what we carry in mobile to what we wear. Mm -hmm. He sees that technology moving out of our pockets and onto our bodies. And of course, if you want to take this even further down the futurist line, you want to talk about things like being integrated into the body. Mm. When we start talking about sort of wearable computing, mm. We start using a lot of terms like augmented, mixed, or merged reality. And those terms have gone from being technology flags, describing different forms of interaction, uh, to marketing terms. And again, they've started to lose some of their meaning. And I actually have to say, even though they're doing a bunch of wonderful development with technology, uh, Microsoft specifically has started to use the term mixed reality very loosely in terms of the different kinds of technologies that they offer. When we talk about this fourth transformation of user interface, I personally prefer the term embodied interaction because the idea is that we're now talking about computation that is embodied with our physical experience. It's, hmm. it's engaged with our physical presence. It will become more gestural and sort of, you know, dealing with the physicality of our, uh, of our world. So if we jump back to this idea of merged or mixed reality, right. in 1994, a researcher, Paul Milgram, defined this thing called the virtuality continuum, which I think is a fantastic term. But it's the way that we try to describe these technologies and understand how they fit together. Mm. So in the virtuality continuum, at one end, you have the real world. Okay, So the world that we all live in and we understand and we experience through our eyes. 
And at the very other end of that continuum is what we call virtual reality, right? Now, virtual reality uh, as a term, you know, we say VR, is about creating a complete simulation of our physical experience. Right. Okay. So when you experience virtual reality, and we often do this with a headset, um, but there are also, you know, rooms that you can walk in to do this, all of your senses are completely covered and uh, fed digital data. So you go into a completely virtual world. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've ever done this, and it's quite a bit of fun, although sometimes you can get sick, yeah, right. it's amazingly immersive. You sort of lose the sense of your embodiment and you are sort of inside this completely virtual environment. It's the holodeck, right? That's the holodeck, okay? So that's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And that's very popular, and there's a tremendous amount of development happening in that space around gaming and around uh, some, some tools for, for creation, um, but, uh, but it really is a, a more experiential medium. Where I'm particularly interested and, you know, where the terms really start to get muddy is the stuff that sits in the middle of that continuum, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you've got full reality at one end, you've got virtual reality at the other end, in the middle, we have these augmented, mixed, or merged realities. Right. And what that is, is that's a blend of those different technologies with the real world. If we move towards the real world, the first technology we'll find on this spectrum as we move towards virtuality is what we call augmented reality. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. And augmented reality is traditionally camera-driven. And so many people have experienced augmented reality uh, on their phones. So you look through your camera's phone and some digital objects may be drawn into that scene. So, of course, Pokemon Go is a great example of that. It was very, very popular. Took over the world for two weeks, you know. <laughs> Snapchat with its ability to draw glasses on your face or put cute little cat ears on your head. Right, right. Is another example of augmented reality. And so it's very simple interactions, again, still primarily camera driven and using computer vision to then be able to modify, uh, recognize and modify what it sees and transform that. But it brings a touch of virtuality. Uh, it brings a touch of the unreal into the real world. But we're often seeing it through a frame. Right. We're often seeing it through some sort of a portal, through your phone, you know, through your camera lens uh, or, you know, your camera's view, viewfinder. Mm -hmm. As we continue to move towards virtuality down that spectrum, then we get to the stuff that's really, really interesting. And this is where what we're, what's called mixed or merged reality. Yeah. Now, these are often wearable devices. OK, so currently the big product in the space is the Microsoft HoloLens. Right. So there's a variety of products that are uh, that are being developed in this space, but they are primarily wearable. And what they do is they blend your vision with digital objects. Yeah. And that's actually quite a complicated uh, technical platform, because what that means is that the wearable not only has the ability for you to see through it and the ability to draw digital objects into your field of view but uses a variety of sensors to understand the world around you. So, for example, the Microsoft HoloLens, a thousand times a second, scans the room around you, understands the architectural properties of the room, understands what's a table and 
you know, what's a wall surface, and then from there can draw digital information into your physical world. So where virtual reality completely, you know, takes over all of your senses, in mixed and merged reality, digital information is blended with the input that you get every day from the world around you. And depending on the quality and the level of detail in there, it can be very noticeable, but our goal is to get mixed reality to a place in which you cannot actually identify the virtual elements from the real elements. And, you know, it, it could be kind of a frightening thought. Um, <laughs> we're, getting pretty, we're, we're getting pretty close at that. Yeah. Um, so I've got some colleagues who work at, with very sort of high-end pieces of mixed reality equipment. And they're at the point where they can create demos, where they can draw people you know, sitting across a table from you uh, and you will respond to them and see them as if they are actually physically present. Mm. And so then all of a sudden, taking this to its logical conclusion, living in mixed reality is living in a dream. It's living in a mm. world in which uh, the real and the virtual are seamlessly blended. And through that collection of sensors, these virtual objects can be manipulated, can be interacted with, mm -hmm. and you respond to them as if they were physically present. So that's the goal. Currently, with current technology, uh, we still have a very limited field of view. But I think, you know, anyone who's played with the technology quickly starts to realize that there's often some real advantages to having, you know, this sort of digital information overlaid into your physical world. And you start to realize that actually many of the technologies we use every day, things like Google Maps and uh, things like that, actually, uh, you know, are the seed of experiences that we will someday be able to sort of blend together with our actual real world. Interesting. And do you think uh, developments like 5G are going to enable, uh, you know, moving computing off the device into the network and to the edge of the network? so that the devices themselves can become smaller? Is that going to be a big driver of the success of, of this technology, do you think? Absolutely. You know, having a fast connection to data is key because anything that's going to be wearable is not going to have the kind of power we need to be able to drive all of the data you need around us. So even the Microsoft HoloLens, right. you know, is actually a fully contained computer. So you're essentially wearing a computer on your head. And it's fairly light, but it's still yeah. it's still kind of bulky. Magic Leap, which will be a competitor to the HoloLens, has you wear a small computer on your hip so the glasses can be even smaller. Mm. But certainly, you know, it's that magical connection of sort of computing power, digital data that we're pulling in from the cloud. And then, of course, the magical thing is the ability to draw that information in physical space. Right. So the HoloLens technically is almost like a Pepper's ghost. It has a special mirror that you look through that it can then project things in. And uh, mm. I guess in some ways it's uh, technologically similar to, the, to that silly little ghost mirror that's in uh, Disney's uh, Haunted Mansion <laughs> where they draw <laughs> ghosts between you as you go by. Uh, right. the, the Magic Leap is a very different technology. And when we start to talk about realism, this is really key because it has the ability to draw elements at different focal planes, which means that virtual data, it's not drawn like a computer screen. Uh, things will be embedded in your field of view and you will need to focus your eyes differently to see them. 
which means yeah. that the the data that will be you know presented to you will be kind of seamlessly integrated into your full range of vision, which is sort of really what we're what we're aiming for. I want to thank Brian for being here. Next time, we continue the discussion as we focus on how to design for these technologies, what to do with UX, UI, and everything you need to take into account for this new reality. So stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.